You cannot be serious! Where you realize, like, oh god, I'm staring into an abyss. Blew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. It's summertime, and I noticed something on the way home yesterday. We were out shopping, and I was coming home, and I walked right past two tennis courts. And on one court, there was a woman serving and a friend trying to help her with her serve. And like at first, it wasn't clear whether this was like a coach or something, but I think it was just like a friend trying to do a solid to teach her. And she was serving with a Western grip. You know that look? What? Oh, like a pan? Like a frying pan? Like a pan. That's like a thing. Like some people play for a long time and like never get past that. And I was walking past and I just thought like the futility, like she's probably... I don't know, 50 or something. <laughs> no one in the history of ever, I don't think, has served with a frying pan <laughs> grip until they were 50 and then switched it up and served with an Eastern grip the right way, right? And had like an effective serve? Is that what you're saying? You're you're lamenting what could but will never be for this woman? Well, I'm just saying the it just seems crazy because you have to be pretty flexible. Like she would have to first really get into yoga and get a lot more flexible and then... <laughs> <laughs> learn how to serve because it's like really hard and unnatural to serve the you know quote unquote correct way right so it's not easy it's not easy i was thinking there should be tournaments that should be there should be like age groups and then there should be a like a serves with a western grip tournament like that should be like a, a bracket on like its a, own. a bracket just for that it says a lot about how much you know like it really places you and how much you know about tennis and also it seems unfair like a lot of people have like pretty decent games except for that. Hmm. What a weird thing to really try to change when you're 50. Because she was pretty good at tennis. I don't know. Be hard. This is such a well, – I, I like, first of all, A, that we have already within a minute arrived at a bold and untested hypothetical. <laughs> right. Which is one of the hallmarks of our show. So totally agree with the idea that there should be a separate bad servers bracket. Right. But also – I want to get to the heart of what you think is so horrible about this. Is it like lamenting the fact that this woman won't ever serve? And to be clear, anybody who doesn't know anything about tennis, you usually hold uh, the racket in what they call a handshake grip. So the racket is vertical um, and you're shaking hands with it and you have to pronate your wrist, turning your body and opening your shoulders as you explode up into the ball and then hitting it down into the service box. And it's pretty complicated. Like the serve is yep. the hardest stroke in tennis and in, that's ironic because it's the only stroke you can control 100% because you start the point when you serve as opposed to reacting to your opponent and then when people are holding like it like a pan like a frying pan that's like you know a beginner's sort of workaround because it's so hard and that's usually what you do when you're a kid but I will say my grandmother my beloved grandmother Cheryl who I have commemorated on my arm with a large owl tattoo because in her later years she began to resemble an owl she's great okay nurse sure chain smoker mm -hmm. you know had her hands commemorated on a, the cover of life magazine by alfred eisenstadt wow when she, by she, when she was a receptionist at a dentist in the mid 40s jesus yep wow. she's cool yeah yeah mm -hmm. so she taught me how to play tennis and she had a pancake service grip uh, a pan service grip uh well into her 80s when she eventually stopped playing yeah. some people get really good at it and they're they're able to like crank a pretty good slice serve out of solid 3.5 yeah won a lot of matches totally totally i get it but i mean if you are 50 and you have a frying pan grip like i, I just don't know mechanically if you're gonna be able to turn that around nor should you be like i think the sadness of it for me was just like enjoy it like this one was pretty good like i don't know 
So you're <laughs> saying she should not have, it was sad that she was getting coached to do something different. That she felt like she had to change it. Yeah, if we have a separate tournament, then she could just enjoy the game that she has earned by playing for her whole life. Because obviously, if you're playing someone who has like the right, like the quote unquote right serve, mm-hmm. it's a huge disadvantage to have a frying pan serve, right? Because your margin for error is never going to be that great on the serve. As Well, here's the other yeah. thing that I would say, and I don't know that I'm agreeing with you, because to me, one of the greatest things about tennis is that you can spend your whole life perfecting it in small and probably meaningless ways mm-hmm. and it's satisfying but right he, it is but but there's like a distinction <laughs> to make between like like changes about like oh you know what my hips opening up too too quick on my forehand return to serve that's like fine if you decide to start serving a totally different way at 50 you're gonna have to take a huge step back in your competitive tennis life Right. But, but but that's my point. Who's to but is that bad? Or what if they don't have a competitive tennis life? But then if they're not having a competitive tennis life, why are they trying to change this? Like to what Because else? because they're playing to, to a oh. perfect ideal that exists in their mind. I changed my backhand from a two hander that was totally proficient mm-hmm. and my better ground stroke to a one handed backhand yeah, that I've made a recent breakthrough on. Yeah. You're hitting a one hander now? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, I don't know. This this is flipped around. This says way more about me than this woman, clearly. Imposing this judgment on her, like she she's too bad to improve. But what if the whole point is the... No, Caitlin, too old to improve. <laughs> no, no. She actually had a pretty good game, I gotta say. I'm not being condescending. I'm being yeah. ageist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> well, let us all hope that we are in some sort of continuous pursuit of a tiny modicum of improvement on something every day. I feel like that's just such a nice idea. Yeah. I mean, I was like seeing there, there was inspiration there for me to behold. I not only looked past it, I scorned it. Oof. So, well, thank be, God I'm here to more, put you be more like her. <laughs> you should be more like her. Um, so it's been a minute since we chatted. It's yes. lovely to hear your voice. Yes. Um, the main draw lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Have you been watching any of the European clay court season? Which, before we said goodbye the last time, we were on the precipice of, and now we are thick in the middle of. Yes, uh, I have. Um, it has been super, uh, super fun. I saw Tiafo lost today, which is a bummer. But I had, a, I was watching uh, like extended highlights of his match, and I got to that point with him where you watch like a young player enough where their strokes don't look weird anymore. Mm-hmm. We're like in the way that like Nadal has like a bizarre forehand that we've never seen before, may never see again, anything quite like that. Tiafo's strokes are strange, but I can watch him now and it doesn't distract me <laughs> the whole time. So yeah. it felt like a nice clay, clay court breakthrough. I love Francis Tiafo. For anybody who doesn't know, a young kid out of Maryland. Dad, I think, was a janitor at the club yep. that he was working on, public court facility, and he hung around and basically taught himself how to play. Um, and is now in his early twenties and then made it to the finals. And I think his biggest, biggest, largest tournament, he's won a couple titles, yeah, smaller he, tournaments, he but won he, Del Rey, yeah. yep. he won Del Rey. Yeah. Like last, this time last year. And then he, uh, made it to the finals losing to Jao Souza in uh, a tournament in Estoril, um, Portugal, uh, this weekend, which is like awesome. He's definitely on the come up and he's fun. He yep. was briefly signed to remember when Jay-Z had a sports management team. That's right. Yep. Robinson Cano, one of my favorite Yankees ever, mm-hmm. was briefly on it. Not sure if Jay Z got him a better contract with the Mariners, but it was a pretty good. Contract. I know, yeah, it was not a bad contract. Yeah, uh, and TFO was on his roster for a minute. 
And we were all excited because we were like, cool, Jay-Z's into tennis. And then it sort of never materialized. Right. But Tiafo's like super fun. Strokes right. are weird, though. Strokes are weird. He had that great match against Federer, right, where he pushed into five in the – was that the U.S. Open? A hardcore tournament last summer. Yeah. It must have been the U.S. Open, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really fun. But, like, um, yeah, it was cool. Like, I think that I was – like, I was like, okay, I'm I'm – I'm all in. Like I like I can like watch him in an intelligent way now about like what he's good at, what he's not good at. He has that sort of uh, erotic e backhand, um, mm-hmm. but, but look, stiff arm, stiff arm. He kind of it's not like he kind of gets it ready and it's still for a half second and then he swings. Mm-hmm. So it looks, but the ball comes off the racket better than you might think, given the mechanics. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm it's I'm excited for the rest of his year. For sure. I saw him play uh, Ernesto Escobedo, who's another young American who great, I love. Great name. Yeah. Great name um, of Mexican descent living in, I think, uh, Southern California, outside LA. He, the two of them faced off in the first round at Indian Wells, and it was so fun to watch. They both had like really dynamic games. They were both wearing those like kind of similar neon Nike kits. So it was kind of cool to see the two of like, uh-huh. you know, sort of. Uh, uh, mirror images of each other and i have to say i do a lot of shit talking about the young american men because i hate them all <laughs> but the generation after them this escobedo tiafo um i'll even include uh riley opelka because i think he's kind of fun he's like the seven foot tall guy mm-hmm. those guys are really cool so i'm not like a query isner jack sock fan as well documented brian harrison we won't even get into um but the sort of generation coming up after those guys i really like and there's a bunch of really exciting players um that make me like legit amped about the sort of prospects of male tennis in america not like prospects like oh they're gonna win some grand slams maybe but just more like they're fun and they seem cool and they have different games which is not just like a serve and a forehand which is what this current crop of american dudes seems to be about well, I don't know about. I think that's a little unfair to Jack Sock. Like he's such a. Oh good man, player. here we go. <laughs> look, I'm. I, look, I have to tell you, <laughs> I think Jack Sock is like uh, underappreciated, really good American player, and we can we can leave it right there. But he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's, he's a good. really good doubles player. Yeah. Better than that is that is a winning. Uh, that that's winning in my book. Yes, because I think that's really great. Totally. But yes, regardless. Um, yeah. Tiafo, I'm glad you watched that match because it was really good. And now um, I was just watching the Victoria Azarenka match today with um, Plushkova. She lost to Carolina Plushkova um, at, in Madrid in a very close three-setter, 7-5 in the third, which made me so pumped just because like, Azarenka came back for a minute last summer. Um, then she had she's like been having this like terrible custody battle with her baby daddy, who's mm-hmm. a sort of semi-pro golfer guy. Yep. Which, you know, don't trust a golfer, I guess, is the is the takeaway there. But he and she like couldn't come to an agreement, so she couldn't leave the country. So basically, she has not been able to play a lot of tournaments. And then played Miami and Indian Wells. Did really well in uh, Miami, made a semi. And then um, she now has been sort of, I guess she's cleared or something changed. And she get, she's planning on playing all the European tournaments through Wimbledon. Which is so fun, because she's like such a good component of the tour. Yeah, yeah, it is good. She, like she's loud and she's fun and she's feisty and she's got a really good ability to win any tournament. I think that she enters. Yep, and she's a kid now. Like I, since since I had kids, I totally root for players with kids for sure. Yeah, it changes things, doesn't it? When you're like, holy shit, how hard must it be not only to be a professional athlete but to put up with kids? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, one like 
Okay. Would you be the kind of player who has like 10, a staff of 10? To take care of my kids? What? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. For sure. 100%. It's so easy to justify, right? So like yeah. I could just it would be like falling asleep in the snow, like having all these nannies, like do your parenting for you. Oh man. <laughs> if I were a professional <laughs> tennis player, <laughs> wowzers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see that, uh, when Zverev won, he beat, uh, Cole Schreiber, um, the, in the Munich tournament, I think. The all German uh, final. The in all Munich, German yeah. final. Yeah. That's been, it was an all German final a couple of times. I feel like, um, Philip Kroll, Kohlschreiber, I was I was thinking to myself like, how long has this guy been around? Two thousand one is when he turned pro. Wow, that's a long time. Yep, and he's been to so the highest he ever got was sixteen uh, in two thousand twelve, which is like pretty far into your. That's like eleven years into your. Career, eleven years in, yeah. Usually people rank. peak earlier. Yeah, exactly, and also just like a, a strange, like kind of admirable career. Um, has only made... you love a you love a journeyman. I love a journeyman. Also, great one hand backhand. So great one hand backhand. Great yeah. one hand backhand, and also just like I don't know, super. He's like the he's like like a the level below Burdick, where like never great, didn't challenge too many big t- tournaments, but was just steady for like a decade. Yeah, steady yeah. for a decade, whereas Ste- Burdick was, like, top 10 for a surprisingly long time. Exactly. Cole Schreiber's, like, top 30. Top, I mean... Right, exactly. Top t- top 30, and often is, like, he's that guy where he's, like, like at the U.S. Open where they're previewing the, the, the next round, though. He's like, Cole Schreiber, you have to like uh, uh, Federer there, but he's a tough out. He's, like, the, uh-huh. t- the tough out guy <laughs> in the draw, always. Yeah, the Since, tough out like, guy. 2003, he's, he's the tough out guy. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be... The tough out guy, like show up, reliably get to like, you know, mm, let's say round of 16. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So like, not bad. No. But never beyond that, never within striking distance of a title. I mean, Munich notwithstanding, like, right. but like, let's talk about big, big tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Or would you rather be the kind of player who like could win a major or could be ranked outside the top 100? Like, what do you think is more interesting? More or impressive. Interesting. Well, I can, I mean, based on the way I phrased the question, yeah. you can tell what I think is more interesting. Which do you think you would be more satisfied being? I think I'd be more satisfied being the Cole Schreiber, which is why I'm drawn to these characters. Yeah, it, it's it super... seems like you relate to them. I do. I, I do. Someone who's comfortable <laughs> not being truly great. That's really where I see myself. I just, I just, uh, I just think it would be cool to be running around like be basically be really good at tennis for like 15 years more than 15 years for him at this point um he has won 56 percent of his matches all time it's just that's like, amazing yeah he only has eight titles which is sort of surprising given how good he is and how long he's played um i i, yeah. I obviously would not be no no so what wh- like what would be your minimum like if you could have a ten-year career or win one major and then flame out the next year, which one would you mm. want? Hmm. So I turn pro, uh-huh. win a major. Yeah. Let basically let's say you're like Roddick, and then right after you walk off the court in two thousand two, that's it. You're done. Was it because of a catastrophic injury? Uh. Like, could I be in a bar and people are like, oh, you. Oh, oh, I see. Like, did you walk away or w- was it like taken from you? Yeah. See, I think psychologically it'd be easier for you if it was taken from you. 
rather than walk, yeah. walking around. Okay. So I would say like devastating, um, devastating rotator cuff injury. Yeah. Seems like a, like a like career, a career ender. ender. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. But importantly, not lower body so you can still enjoy life. Yeah. That is important. Yeah. And maybe even teach myself how to play left-handed so I can school my child slash the next generation. <laughs> or, or the rotator cuff thing would still allow for a frying pan serve. So you could go play in those tournaments. Oh man. Full circle. Anyway. Full circle. Frying okay. pan serve. Yeah. I mean, probably if I'm honest, the peak, uh, I, I'm a serve and volleyer in my in real game. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to an interview that Maria Carrillo did with our friends, Ben and Courtney, who host the really great, uh, no challenges remaining podcast. And she was talking about how in life, she is drawn to serve and volleyers because they really go for it and they like bring, you know, but also it's high risk, you know? Yeah, totally. And I completely related to that because I feel like that's me. Like I'm going to throw the grenade over my shoulder and just run it literally <laughs> right. on the court and right. figuratively in my endeavors. And I right. feel like, yeah, for that reason, it would not, I don't have the temperament to grind 10 years of consistent performance out in pretty much anything. Right. A. Right. B, I uh, am okay walking away if I knew that I like did the absolute best I could. Yeah. And I really tried hard as opposed to like, what's my ranking going to be? Am I, you know, protecting my legs for the next tournament? Oh, I'm going to, you know, like one right. of the things that I love so much about that Boris Becker documentary is the fact that he barely walks now. Right. right. And the Two. reason he barely walks now it's because he spent his career diving for volleys. Right. Yeah. And that to me is like the perfect metaphor. I mean, the Bo the scenario you've described is not a Boris Becker scenario. It's no. more like a, like Robin Soderling. I get right. Yeah. I mean, what I'm so, describing. Right. Right. I mean, he was yeah, the, the, like ball. Or like a Marat Safin. Maybe. Like a Marat Safin. Right. Right. I mean, he won two, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, so I'd, go ahead. I relate to that, and I feel yeah. like when you, you know. I mean, I don't relate to that in terms of accomplishments. But... <laughs> I relate to winning two majors. <laughs> Who among us? Yeah. Who among us has it? Uh, I relate to that in terms of temperament and mentality, which is yeah. like, yeah, you don't go for it. Yeah. And then like leave it all on the, leave it all on the pavement. Leave it all um, on the pavement. I think yeah, that because I... I think that's like that's something that dispositionally I feel like players come in two flavors. Yeah. Exactly. And. And I think that those are sort of the things that people tend to think about, which is just like, can I give all of myself in this moment regardless of anything else? Or right. am I going to like, you know, play percentages and play smart, but knowing that like if the other player plays their absolute best, they can beat my smart playing. I've never been a fan of the smart playing, <laughs> which is why I never made much of myself as a tennis player. Uh, right. Well, but I think it's, it has to do with like the fact that you were really good. Like, I think you have more of a sense of like how fun it would be to be really good. Whereas like, I'm like still have like, <laughs> like uh, feel like a fraud whenever I play anybody who's any good. Cause I know I have to sort of like maneuver my way around good players and make them not play good. Um, so I think it says, it says something about like, just like how we approach tennis and probably life, although there's probably like a dynamic, uh, relationship there. Yeah, um, I think so too. Um, yeah. I also like that you think I'm really good. I'm mediocre, but having played pretty recently with very, very good players, I'm right. humbled, but also sure. like, oh, okay. I get, it Wait, was never unclear to me that I was. <laughs> hang on. You're a grown woman that travels to tournaments in California, right? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're pretty good. <laughs> like sanctioned tournaments that like other other good players also travel to. They're not pan service grip tournaments. Okay. Not well, yet. Uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I saw a weird thing. There was like a write up, uh, and it's not the first time I read an article like this about how the rule changes in college have like sped things up and like most of the articles are pretty positive about it like no ad scoring and all that was was there mm-hmm. ad scoring when you were at uh at missouri interesting you should ask yeah. i don't remember if we changed to no ad but i remember I, honestly i don't remember yeah. which i should i mean it's 15 years ago but right. that's not you know it wasn't like 100 years ago right. uh but one of the a couple of things i do remember was uh on the men's side not the women's side but on the men's side they abolished let's yeah yeah because i guess and it was this something that happened when you were in school too yeah it was i can't remember whether it was like nca rules or just like our conference but yeah no i think we did away with let's and we definitely went pro sets for double and that was the part that i was going to say which really bummed me out because as a double specialist one of my like value adds on the the team was that i got to be um you know just as valuable as somebody who was better than i was at singles because each of the courts meaning you know you have six singles and three doubles and each of those added up to a best of nine ultimate score yeah and so you know you lose your singles match but you win your doubles you've you've helped the team and I think it was my second year of college. They changed it so the three doubles matches only um, meant one point. Yeah, bummer. So yeah. that was a bummer. But the let thing was because there wasn't enough umpires to go around, and the men, because they were serving quite fast, would just kind of willy nilly call lets. Right. Yeah. And the thinking was, if they got aced, they would be like, "Oh no, 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 that was a let." Right. It was like, a and it soft just got hook. so out of yeah, yeah, exactly, a soft hook, and it got so out of control that they abolished it. But I actually don't remember if we went no ad. I hate no ad. I think it's really, really. Somebody made the very interesting point um, that no ad doesn't actually speed up the games because it allows for lesser players to oh. stay stay in matches. Because wow. there's an element of luck. So instead of a better player winning like 6-2, 6-2, the better player still wins. But now it's like 6-4, 6-4. Really? Wow. I don't know if that's been studied yeah. or if that was just an anecdote. But it kind of sounded plausible. Because what no ad scoring does, again, when you play a point a game to deuce, instead of going in and out of ads, you have, you know, next point wins. Right. And it adds an element of, of randomness to it. Totally. Well, in the the article quoted some college coach saying that it's actually, or maybe some like pundit or something, changed the way that recruiting happens. That like coaches now will like slightly favor more aggressive players because they feel like it helped. You're going to win those points more if you're a big hitter than a pusher, which is Ooh, interesting. Well, I love it. So exactly. I mean, you should have just said that. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Anything to yeah. like crush the pushers. Yeah. Exactly. Basically. And also, like, you know, to me, the sport of tennis isn't about consistency it's about flair because that's what i like about it and uh i've been hitting sort of recently with a player who used to play on the pro tour and what's amazing about her is she's got both and it's so it's not disheartening it's just like it's like so clear like oh not only does she have every shot in the book and can hit a winner pretty much from anywhere but she doesn't miss anything right and she's like it's nice to sort of know that that's it's actually kind of a relief, kind of like based on what we were just talking about in terms of like thinking that you, um, you know, what if or, oh, would I rather be a 10 year grinder or win a turn a title, right. a big title? Like, it's just so nice and final to be like, oh, God, 
I am so doing the best I can with what I have. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's like not, neither were options. It isn't like, man, if I had just like tried yeah. harder and ground more, I could have made it as a pro. Right. Yeah. It's like, nope, yep. not. Yeah. That was an illusion. Yep. Like yep. I'm a pretty good player who got a free scholarship to yep. college. Everyone, you know, that's great. Yeah. Every, every once in a while I uh, will get an email from someone from my college being like, yeah, maybe I want to get into journalism. And there's often like, I'm considering this or considering that, and I don't know what to do. And like, what I really want to say is like, you're probably only capable of being good at one or two things. Like, don't sweat <laughs> it, man. <laughs> try yeah. a path you'll know right away that you're not su su suited for it, and then try something else. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot when people are like, I want to launch a podcast. It's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, really, sure. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, why don't you record like six episodes? And that usually, you know, we're... Yeah. That is over. Yeah. Um, speaking of, yeah. uh, I am going to tell you something I'm excited about, which is next episode, I will have an interview with the wonderful Carl Bialik. <gasps> wow. He of 30 Love. Yep. Uh, journalist formerly of the Wall Street Journal, now working at Yelp. Uh -huh. um, he's awesome. And he has invited me to not only come to... Uh, meet him to tape an episode of his show 30 love and then tape an episode of the main draw so back-to-back -back interviews wow but also to play against him which i'm a little bit hesitant to do why he's a junk baller oh you're never like, right right my nemesis yep. junk baller yeah like apparently he doesn't hit any shots the same way he's got like all sorts of annoying ticks on the court god knows i'm not gonna be able to handle it and it's gonna i feel like it's gonna bring me back to a very very um, you know, uh, alarming and upsetting time in yeah. my youth. How can we so? Lie? I'm kind of thinking of how can I get out of it, but now yeah. I'm sort of also thinking maybe I have to face it. Yes, I think so. I think I. I mean, I think so. When you, Caitlin, tell me when you melt down <laughs> with a pusher, is it like right away, or is it like a slow process of going crazy? Hmm. When I melt down against a pusher, what happens is I start going for a little too much on my shots mm -hmm. and at a certain point probably not the very first shot that i hit that i've rushed that i haven't quite set up because i'm not enjoying the cadence of the point and the right. rhythm right and usually the lack of rhythm that i'm that i'm trying to establish and hitting back and forth yep. uh i will start trying to speed up the points and and end them before i really have the right shot to do so and after maybe one or two or even three of those points, I'll start realizing like, oh, fuck, I'm doing that thing that you do. Right. And once it registers to me, I have like, you know, my heart has that panic shiver of cold. Right. Where you realize like, oh, God, I'm staring into an abyss that is. <laughs> and the terrible thing about tennis is it has to end. Yeah. You can't wait out the clock. Right. Yep. You know, you like somehow I'm going to have to. Yep. You have to play it out. And the only way I know how to play it out is to double down on my, in this case, losing strategy, which is usually a winning strategy by being the first strike aggressor or resign myself to what is going to be extremely unpleasant. So the, the choices are terrible. It's like you're in quicksand and you can either like tread water or mm -hmm. you can try to make like lunges for the safe, solid ground, knowing that you're likely to like get yourself trapped further if you do so. I just thought of that metaphor, but I think it works. Wow. 
how it's terrible. I feel suffocating and a sense of panic and I do not have fun. And then everything turns terrible. When's the last time? Let's keep pressing on this. When's the last time <laughs> this happened? What is the last time this happened? Uh, it was maybe three months ago. I was playing a good friend of mine who I love, who's a really, really excellent um, singles player, Chiara, uh, Italian woman from Genoa. Mm-hmm. Usually has one of the better records in our singles leagues. Uh, at times has been rated a 5-5. Five, five. Doesn't have a flashy game and has, in fact, like a maddeningly consistent game and is fast. So she really, really doesn't want to end points. She wants to elongate them and she wants to gobble up your errors, basically. Yeah. And what I do is start running in basically like a maniac because <laughs> I hate it. Right. Right. And I've only really, truly gotten the better of her for stretches of a, at a time, never a full match. Yeah. Because I cannot get myself into that mindset. I, I feel like I'm drowning. Right. And I, I, I panic. Yeah, totally. totally. And it's I, terrible. I, I know, and I I'm, love her. And I, I like, I mean, she's like a lovely person. I went to a wedding a couple of days ago. She's amazing. She's like a wonderful person. So added onto that, occasionally I'll find myself crossing the net from somebody who sucks. Right. They're like, oh God, not only do I hate the way you play, I hate you. That is not the case with this woman. I like her a lot. She's wonderful. But I find her very, very hard to play without panicking, which I've done every time we've ever played in the 10 years I've been playing with her. Totally. I mean, I'm like neither here nor there on like, what, like pusher or not pusher. But I do know that as I get older, every once in a while I'll play a point well enough and I'll hit a ball out wide and the person just hits it, hits that squash shot and then gets back, gets back into play. And I just mm-hmm. feel like come on that shot should be illegal like <laughs> winning this point and like a slow squash shot it just resets the point to zero oh, come on come on dude it's, it's such cool. a pun be cool <laughs> that's the thing they're not cool they're not they cool. don't care that's what's so frustrating it's like right. i thought we were all agreeing to be cool <laughs> right exactly you know exactly let 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 some of these points end in a dramatic fun way like even if you blast a winner by me that's like better that like it's like better almost yeah, we can all agree. All right, shall okay. we wrap this up until the next time when I talk to Carl and I have an interview to, to showcase, to bring back to you? That is fantastic. Uh, Caitlin, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Until soon. Okay, bye-bye.